0: If you're struggling to attract the right fit clients into your business, it could be because you have a branding or a messaging problem. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring in my new friend, Fabi Paolini, who is a brand and messaging expert, a strategist that helps people to really hone in on that right fit message and in right fit clients. And so we open up the treasure trove in this episode to explore new ways for you to get really specific about your message and even some new traffic strategies, utilizing content to draw people to you and make that message magnetic. Let's dive right into the episode. Fabi, so excited to have you on the Jordo Show. Welcome in.
1: I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun.
0: So George my good friend our mutual good friend George Bryant who's been on the on this podcast here dear dear friend connected us because he thought that we would just get get along so well and that you would have so much value to bring to the audience here so you know you have spent the large part of your life really helping people to dial in their messaging and their branding and we've never discussed that here on the on the show so I'm excited to dive into really tactical examples of how we can do that but do you mind giving people just Give them their, your 30 second backstory in terms of how you got where you are.
1: Sure. Well, I won't make it a 30 seconds, but I'll go as short as I possibly can. I started in advertising. That's kind of where I began. I, that's what I studied in, in college. I, you know, anyways, I started in advertising, graphic design, and I work as, I worked as an art director at Leo Burnett, but on the side, I was always designing as we tend to do as designers, right. Doing freelance work. And little by little, I was getting more and more and more clients in terms of doing branding and design and all of that. So I was like, there was a point where I was like, okay, I'm quitting my job in advertising and going all in with design. And my career at first was very all over the place in terms of design. I was doing whatever came my way. If you were a restaurant, I would design your stuff. If you were a, whatever it was, it it didn't matter. And in 2012, I did an MBA with a specialization in branding because I was like, I really want to understand businesses in a more in-depth way. And it it got me a lot of clarity in how to niche down even further, even though that's not necessarily what they teach in an MBA, but it really gave me clarity that that's what I wanted to do. And then in 2015, we came to the US. I'm originally from Venezuela. And I was like, okay. I need to figure out a way to start getting clients online because all my business was word of mouth referrals. That's what I was doing. So I started researching online, looking for information, looking, signing up for every single program, investing as much money as I possibly could, which was great in my business, trying to understand how do I get clients online? And as I got better at it and understood what, was, what it took, it really allowed me to eventually niche down to working with coaches and consultants and experts, basically, and helping them create a message that allows them to position themselves as premium brands, people that are attracting high-end clients, premium clients, more than anything, people that are ready to buy, that you don't have to spend hours overcoming objections, but you're kind of going in and being like, this is what I do. And they're like, I'm in, done. I'm, I'm all in. So that's basically the short story of it. I It just kind of slowly morphed into me saying, okay, I was only doing design to becoming essentially a business coach and a brand strategist as well.
0: I, I love that. <laughs> Messaging is probably the number one problem most people face. And I love this phrase that you can't read the label of the bottle you're in. It's It's hard sometimes that's for us better. to diagnose like yeah. what's the right go-to-market message that can help us to stand out. So whether it's whether you're launching a church or you're launching a podcast or a product or, or service, the message that you go to market with is what's going to draw the right people to you and repel the people that are, are not a good fit. But maybe if you can just explain what is your methodology in terms of really nailing down some of those key messages when people are, are going to market?
1: Sure. Well, I feel like the most important thing that you really need to understand is your audience. And I know that that sounds a little bit cliche, But I really believe that people don't have a clue about how to actually communicate to their audience. They think, well, my audience are entrepreneurs or my audience are coaches or my audience are stay-at-home moms. Or, But that is never enough. And obviously there's a lot of people who make the mistake of saying, well, my audience is anybody who's gonna buy. I don't, it doesn't matter who it is. As long as they buy, that's my audience. But what happens is that when you're very broad, and even saying entrepreneurs, moms, whatever, is still to my in my brain at least. It's still broad because what happens is that when you're so broad, your audience doesn't know that you're speaking to them. So you think, well, let me keep it open so that more people pay attention to me. And instead, what you're doing is somebody's looking through, scrolling through social media, they see your message, and you're saying, uh, "I help entrepreneurs." Well, that could be anybody. That's not for me. And I'll keep on scrolling. But if you tell me I help coaches who are making less than, and I'm just obviously random example, right? Making less than 10K a month who have been in business for two years and who are looking to generate this amount. Well, then if I'm scrolling through social media and I read that and I'll be like, okay, this is for me. So for me, the key to getting really great with your messaging is understanding your audience above anything else. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So let's pretend that someone is listening to this. They're brand new. They don't really have that nailed down. Maybe they haven't really sold to enough people to find out mm-hmm. the validation of their messaging. Is there, are there any exercises that you find to be helpful in terms of determining what your message is? Absolutely.
1: Are? Well, okay. So there's going to be a couple of scenarios. Let's go first with the scenario of somebody who is selling a service and it's a service that they have experienced in, in personally so for example if you are a weight loss coach and you've personally lost weight using your own methodology that the best strategy for that is to look at your own story and go deep into understanding what was going through your mind what were some of the experiences the symptoms the scenarios the things the problems that you were that you went through and really using that as the base of your content or, or your, you know, building out your avatar or, and, and starting to research into that. So if that's the case, if you have experience with it, obviously not everybody does, right. I have a client that I'm working with right now who is a weight loss coach who has always been fit. So obviously he doesn't personally have experience with it. But he can look at either other clients that he's had in the past, or he can look at the market and really go deep into understanding, okay, what's going on with people? There's a lot of different places that you could do research. Social media is obviously a great place for this. I would say that TikTok right now is a really good place to do market research because there's so much storytelling going on. There's so much of people sharing insights into what's going on in their lives. I, I would imagine that it's a great place for you to kind of look at, okay, let me study my audience. Who, who do I believe my audience is? And what are they saying? What are they feeling? What are they, um, what are they experiencing on a daily basis in regards to the problem that they have? And and that's where you want to go. Really go deep into under- like doing that research to help you really understand. What are the specific things that are going on with my audience so that you can nail down your message even more?
0: So even even to the point, I'm sure you suggest people do a lot of surveying and even asking their audience to find out what that is. I mean, would you advocate that that's a good starting
1: point? Well, yes and no. So on one end, I feel like it can be very beneficial for you to understand, again, your audience. I do feel like if you don't have at least a little bit of an understanding of who your audience is, that's probably not your ideal audience in the first place, right? If, you, if it's like, I, have ze- I, I don't understand them at all. I have zero way to connect with them personally or getting like, why would they even buy my product or my service? That's probably not your ideal audience. Usually I actually have people do it the opposite way. By you understanding, okay, what are my skills? What is my experience? What is my knowledge? What, is, what are the different things that make me who I am? And how can I, how can I turn that into a solution that somebody would be looking for? And then once you really understand what do like what is different about me and what solution I can come up with, well then we think about okay so then who has this problem, and then going deep into understanding that audience and and what they're going through and experiencing through research, and then yes there you can survey and there you can do that you know deeper understanding of who they are, but I wouldn't be like let me just survey the audience and then build my business around that. I always would start with you building your business around you and your message around you. But as long as you're taking their problem into account, if that makes sense.
0: (laughs) What would you say are some of the, the primary major mistakes people are making when they're putting together a brand for themselves and messaging around it?
1: Well, for definitely not really understanding the audience, like we were saying before, one of the things that I was mentioning to you before Is that i like to say that people speak to the ursula and the ursula is a reference to the little mermaid they're speaking to the poor unfortunate soul which means to me like you're talking to the person who is in such pain and and such you know these horrible problems and experiences or whatever and essentially they're in victim mentality which therefore leads them to not take action And I believe that a lot of the reason why this happens is that a lot of marketing coaches out there are teaching you to use like problem, agitate, solution. Let's speak to the problem, speak to the problem, speak to the problem. And yes, you want to speak to the problem, but you want to speak to people that are solution aware more than problem aware, meaning You know, not the people that are all about, I have this horrible problem. I have this horrible situation that's going on. Poor me. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I'm going through this and my life is horrible. My business sucks and blah, 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 blah. Instead of speaking to that person, you're going to speak to the person who's like, I have a desire for more and I'm, I'm experiencing this problem. I'm experiencing this issue, but I am ready to fix it. I'm ready to take action on fixing it there's a slight difference in how you communicate to these. And, and, you know, one of the things that I was telling you is um, there's a difference between the people that you can help and the people that want to be helped. So you want to speak to and sell to the people that want to be helped. And for me, that's probably the number one mistake that people make, but in general, not understanding your message is core mistake in everything. Meaning what people tend to do is, well, TikTok's good. Let me let me start doing videos on TikTok or let me build a funnel, let me let me do a webinar or let me do a video sales letter or let me do a boot camp or a video series or whatever it is. And they're building up these funnels and these strategies and they're hiring coaches or spending money on ads and all of it and they don't really understand how to write words or create their content in a way that is really connecting with their audience and that is getting them to see that you are the solution for them. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. So maybe if I can put you on the spot to kind of, mm-hmm. for us to yeah. generate an example, let's take that fitness coach, for example, okay. someone providing a service and they've been fit their whole life. So maybe they've not gone through some massive a uh, type Correct. of a transformation that Correct. maybe their clients would. So what might their default messaging be? And what do you believe that they should move to, to start to To communicate more clearly to their audience. Okay,
1: I have a great example of this because I'm literally working with a client on this right now. And you're gonna think that the message that he had before, and I'll tell you what it is in a second, was actually very niche down and very specific, but we took it even more specific. So basically, when he came to me, his message was something like I help men and women or busy men and women lose 20 to 30 pounds in 12 weeks. So that sounds pretty specific. And it is, but it doesn't really give me anything different. Why you? Well, why you? You're like, do you know how many people out there are saying I help men or women lose 20 pounds and 12? Like there's every, every fitness and weight loss coach is saying the same thing. So when I started really talking to him about what he does, we understood that there were certain things about his personality and his way of doing things that he wasn't bringing into the brand. In particular, one piece of his story is that he used to be like 20 years ago, he used to be a stripper, which is kind of funny, but he used to be a stripper and he worked with a lot of men and women and, you know, you know, people in different areas after that, right. He became a personal trainer. Anyways. And there's a lot of, he's a very like straight dude. Like the the way he talks is very bold and and straight to your face. And right. Like, but he's a cool guy. Anyways, my point with this is that I was like, well, why don't let's talk about your audience a little bit more. Who do you really want to work with? Like, okay. I know that you can help both men and women, but what are some of the issues that these people are having and how can we, make it more specific. So what we realized is that what he wanted to do was work more with with men. And specifically because of the weight issues that these men were having, they were having sexual problems as well, which is why it ties back to his stripper days too, right? Anyways, so we shifted his message to say, I help busy men lose 20 to 30 pounds in 12 weeks without cutting carbs so that they can perform optimally in the boardroom and the bedroom. That's more specific. So now what he does by shifting that, because one of the objections that he would get with his potential clients was, well, why do I, why would I hire you? Like pay you thousands of dollars to coach me online. Why don't I just go to the gym and hire a personal trainer? Well, now he's giving them a reason because you're not going to talk to your personal trainer about you not performing sexually necessarily, right? But now this guy who has this experience who has this backstory of having been a stripper and all these different details now he can bring a lot of that into his message and be way more specific. And therefore also the results that his clients are getting are going to be much more powerful because if now I'm in a group call with a whole bunch of men who are experiencing the same problem as I am, I'm going to get support in a different way than if there were women there where you were never going to bring up that you're going to have, you're having problems in the bedroom. Does that make mm-hmm.
0: sense? So I, I, what I'm hearing the number one mistake I'm hearing there is saying, I help men and women. It's like, well, what else, what else is there? Right. That's like saying I help everybody. There's no specificity in that.
1: Exactly. And that doesn't mean that everybody listening has to choose between men and women. That's not the point. It's about really thinking about who's going to be the person who's going to get the actual best result from working with me. Like who is going to be the person who's going to knock it out of a park that they're going to say, my life has really been changed. And in his case, probably men and women were both, I mean, they were both getting the results from it, obviously, but if we want to take that up a notch and be like, who are the people who are like, my life has, it's, it's not only that I lose weight, but I feel amazing. I recovered my relationship with my spouse or whatever, which was one of the issues that a lot of these men were having. Well, it really changes things. And now he can go more specific in his message into that, right? So you want to think about who is this person? Who is actually the person? Because people like to say, well, I like working with somebody who's coachable. Well, what, what does that mean? What, what is coachable? You really want to think about what are the actions that they're taking? What are the things that they're doing? And that's the person that you want to start speaking to. Does that make sense?
0: So when it comes shifting gears a little bit from, from messaging, right? So takeaway gold nugget is to to be as Specific as possible, then double the specificity. Be double specific Basically. on who exactly. your perfect patron or perfect buyer would be. Exactly. Leveraging that into branding and design. How do you, how does someone start to make the decisions in terms of how do I represent myself online? And, and I, what I love is that when you hear that new messaging versus the old messaging, that's mm-hmm. a very moving to a more, I'd say, maybe. Driven or powerful or male, like that kind of right. like gruff style messaging, you can start to mm-hmm. even see a exactly. brand start to come together. So, how do we start to connect even brand colors or brand design? How do we brand ourselves utilizing some of that mm-hmm. messaging?
1: Well, it's a mix of, again, you and your audience. And what I mean with that is, I always feel like it's important for you to build a brand that actually resonates with who you are first. And above anything else, even if like there's color psychology and all these different things, it's about what you feel connected to as well, because your personality has to shine through. You know, I've seen websites, I've seen brands from people that I'm like, this couldn't be like a, a, like a template that you bought. There's nothing of personality in here. Everything on paper looks great. The design is nice. It looks good, but it's like block, right? It's, it's like anything. So I feel like the first piece is really bringing your personality in to what you're doing. And then also thinking about your audience, right? If, for example, this client, obviously he's now speaking to men, it has to look masculine. You can't use softer colors or pale colors or like, it's it's a logical thing. Even beyond color psychology, I personally, when I design, I don't necessarily go logically into, well, let's use red because of this, or let's use, but it's more about what I feel I want to evoke, right? Which I guess it is at the end of the day, color psychology, but I'm not necessarily doing it consciously, but about how I feel about it. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. You want to think about, well, if you're trying to look more luxury, you want to look, you want to bring in more gold or silver high-end textures like marble Something that looks more high-end in general. If you want to be more relatable, you might use more rough lines or, you know, like wood and textures. Things like, I, I personally like to play a lot with textures too in terms of branding. And obviously, great photos are going to make all the difference in the world too. I mean, I literally had a photo shoot on Wednesday And I hadn't had new photos taken in years. I'm going to replace all the photos in my website. And one of the things that we were talking about, you know, with a photographer is how do you make your brand look more premium through your photos too? And making sure that you're showing up in a way that I'm bringing creativity and I'm bringing like premium, but I also want to be relatable and playing with elements and things like that. So I, I feel like at the end of the day, when you think about bringing your message, it's what do you want to convey? And how do you convey that through images and colors as well?
0: So when it comes to actually building out websites or brands, right? So in, in drop funnels, for example, you can build almost anything. And so that can be overwhelming for people. And they're yeah. like, do I need a website? Do I need a sales funnel? Do I need a course? So what do you, what do you recommend for most people? What's perhaps the. I hate to put it this way, but the minimum viable foundation, what's the best kicking off point for what do they need? What What do you think is the, the best thing to get them up and running quickly? And maybe even what do they need to scale to? What's the goal mm-hmm. infrastructure?
1: I know that there's a lot of coaches that are like, no, you don't need a website. You don't have to build a website. There's like this whole little fight between the ones that believe and don't believe in website. I kind of feel like the people that say, you don't need a website say that because they don't offer it as part of their services that they don't know how to do it. That's why they say it. I feel like the website are important. Websites are important to have, but not really necessarily for your audience, but for you as a business owner, more than anything. Ironically, I feel like when I work with my clients and, and, you know, I, for my one-on-one clients, I build their websites and, and build their whole brands. It's really what it does for them. Because when you're, when you have a physical business, let's say it like that brick and mortar business, you have a place to show this is my business. When, when you have a business online, it's Instagram or it's Facebook or, and I feel like as a business owner, having that space where you're like, this is who I am. To you personally, it it does such a, it makes such a big impact on your confidence, for mm-hmm. sure, and the way that you're showing up. And it feels to you like I'm legit, I'm credible. Here I am. This is my business. Obviously, and, that, and I'm saying this as the minimum, right? Because obviously, the opportunities that come from that, if you're doing your website optimized for SEO, you're bringing people through that. Or if you want to get on podcasts, or if you want to do whatever, and you have to reference back your website for your business... Obviously, if you want to make sales, especially if you want to make high-ticket sales and people are going to Google you, they're going to look you up, period. And if they land on your website and there's no website or it's very look, like crappy looking, it's going to reflect back on you. So I do definitely recommend that at the minimum, you should have a website with at least like a basic about and work with me page with information around who you are simplifying in terms of overwhelm and how many options are available two fonts maybe three like if you have a little accent colors simplifying colors as well very clear color palette don't have like something everything in blues and then suddenly reds and it just like all over the place make it cohesive but i would say at the beginning you would definitely i would recommend having of course 100 a website so that you can showcase what you do and then you can build on from that. You can use social media to generate leads and generate clients. And then as you grow in your business, building in funnels, absolutely. Webinar funnels or PDF funnels or whatever works for you for your business, adding those pieces in. Eventually having the backend so that you can store your client info or, or having like a client portal, let's call it like that, or a course or a program where people can log in. I feel like that is something that really takes your business up a level too. So
0: yeah, that notion of, funnels versus websites, it is kind of that infinite battle that's kind of been manufactured Mm -hmm. and they both have their place. They both have their purpose. And Mm -hmm. we've actually found that in about, in almost all cases of running paid traffic directly to a funnel specifically, Mm -hmm. about 10% to 30% of people will click away from the funnel to go back to the base domain to look for the website, for the main site. And if there's nothing there, or that's just the exact same funnel, now we're in that new age of information is power. Right. And now power's in the hands of, of the consumer. So yeah, that's, I think that's a, a pretty big, that's a big mover. If a big reason for, for having something on your beyond even ranking in Google for organic leads and whatnot, but it's like when people Google you, what shows up and, or if people are laying on your funnel and they try to go back to get more information, you know, what shows up there and is it cohesive between the two?
1: I always look for whenever I'm hiring somebody or somebody's reaching out, or there's somebody I found online on social media, I'm always looking at their websites too. And whenever I see something that is like, mm, you know, really, you have a multi million dollar business and this is your website, mm, I, like it just throws me off when it's really not there, you know it's, it's a little bit shady. Although I have to say, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, the only exception to this is I'm trying to remember the name of Warren Buffett's company. I was Ber- just thinking
0: the exact same right? the Berkshire Hathaway website Your yeah. website is like horrible,
1: it's crazy. It's crazy, horrible, but I guess if you're Berkshire Hathaway, it doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. It's like, what, <laughs> like, do you want to generate business from it or not? Or is it just a placeholder so that you can keep the domain? Right. Maybe that's there. Basically, Intent and purpose. Probably,
1: yeah. probably, yeah. exactly.
0: What are, are there any other tips and tricks or methodologies around, once we have the messaging and we have the brand, let's say we've got the website up and running, what do you think is like the, the best way for, for people who j- are maybe just starting out to be generating some new leads via social media or, or to start to develop that audience if they don't have
1: mm-hmm. one? Well, I obviously content creation period. And I know that I always say that you have to pay either with time or money, meaning you're either going to go spend the money on ads or you're going to spend time on creating com- creating content. Although I don't necessarily recommend running ads. until I mean, obviously it depends on the nature of your business, but I don't recommend running ads until you have clarity in your message because otherwise it can be a lot of waste of money, right? And the best way to get that clarity is through content creation. So what, th- what I mean by that is generating posts on social media. You choose whatever you feel is the re- right one for you, whether it's LinkedIn or TikTok or Reels or Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is that you are choosing I would say go all in, in one max, two platforms at a time until you can hire a team that can execute and repurpose content in other places so that you can really be present. I would say focus on one platform and try to get at least one piece of content out per weekday, right? So five pieces of content per week. And that content I don't necessarily recommend doing, I mean, just making sure that this content is actually content that will move the needle. If you're, if you're sharing like quotes from people, oh, that's, not gonna, that's not gonna do anything. If you're sharing how-to, basic how-to content, step one, two, three, and that everybody else is sharing, it's not gonna make a difference. I like to create content that is sort of gonna be a little bit controversial maybe, or that speaks to a very specific problem that my audience has, which comes back to what we talked about originally. So to give you an example, last week I shared a post on my Facebook about how I had five or six years ago had would would share my content on on Facebook groups. And the post was called something like what I learned after sharing my content in 43 Facebook groups. Literally, Mm. I used to do that six years ago. And it's a whole thing about what I did, what the strategy was, why it didn't work and what I shifted, and what happened afterwards. And I had literally hundreds of uh, comments on that post and a bunch of people reaching out to me. Oh my gosh, I'm interested. What, like, what are you doing? So you want to create content that gets people's attention. And to be able to do that, you have to understand your audience. I know that a lot of my audience is sharing their content in Facebook groups. So I know that if I share, well, I, I took what you're doing right now and I like took it all the way, shared it in 43 groups and I didn't get results. I know that they're going to pay attention. I did another one about like what I've learned after doing over 500 sales calls. So um, again, it's something that I know my audience is having sales calls and you want to speak to. What's going on? What are the things that they're doing? And how is that thing hurting them? like Or holding them back or keeping them stuck, if you want to see it like that, and what they need to be focusing on instead. So I feel like that type of content that is more storytelling and experience based tends to be much more powerful. And this is the reason why TikTok is being so huge right now. It's storytelling. It's the power of storytelling. And I think that that's at the core of of all of it. So
0: yeah, we're we're finding that right now the two the two channels that are working best for us is TikTok and Facebook organic.
1: Yeah, but, me too. but
0: definitely YouTube ads and Facebook ads are just continuing to rise. It's crazy. TikTok is taking the cake across the board. Way cheap way cheaper traffic and actually yeah. the the quality I find to be very similar. I even love to it. Facebook. Yeah. It's like Facebook six years ago. So and
1: Facebook is getting worse because just this week they rolled out a, a big change in how you can do targeting. Mm. They're removing a whole bunch of interest. I don't know if you know this, but they're mm. removing a whole bunch of interest. So it's they're making it even harder. And I'm sure it's not on purpose. It probably has to do with everything that's happened with iOS and whatever. They have no choice, or I don't know the reason, but they're making it even harder. So it's all of it. it is just being more and more expensive. And TikTok, I feel that is insanely powerful, too. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. You see these stories and these people that one video, millions of views, hundreds of thousands of followers, and they have two videos up. And you're like, what? Mm -hmm. And I find, so I have, for example, I have a client that I work with who is a coach for first responders. So she used to be a cop, and now she helps cops and firemen, first responders in general, with their wellness, with their mental wellness, you know, avoiding burnout. And the power of TikTok is that you can create content that is that specific, right? So she, her content is all geared towards first responders. And she's gone viral. We, she did a post a couple uh, a video a couple of weeks ago, has hundreds of thousands of views, literally. And still, you know, with TikTok, it keeps on showing it to people. She's waking up every single day with DMs from people. I want to work with you. I want to work with you. It's crazy. It's really, really crazy. And that's the power of that platform. You can go that specific and get great results. So
0: Beautiful. Well, th- This has been so much valuable, gold nuggets of information. I think for me, the biggest takeaway is getting uber specific, specific yeah. on top of specific on exactly. who is the perfect person that you want to be working with, where you can serve more people by targeting less be a bigger fish in a smaller pond.
1: Right. And the reason for that, tying it back to what we just talked about is that your content, the more specific your content is, the more people will pay attention to it because they'll be like, oh, this product, this service, this thing that you're selling is actually for me, not for everybody. It's for me. So it makes it even better.
0: Where can people hear more about you, connect with you or learn more about your work?
1: Sure. It's Fabi Paolini. I know super easy. If you know my whole name, it's Fabiana, but I, I'm like, you know what? Let's not do that to Americans. <laughs> Let's keep it Fabi to make it simple. So it's Fabi, F-A-B-I, Paolini is P-A-O-L-I-N-I, Favipaolini.com. And if you go to fabipaolini.com slash clients, I have an amazing resource. It's a guide called 20 ways to find high ticket clients online. It is really, really good. It's really good. So look for that. FabiBaudine.com slash clients, clients with an S at the end.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, guys, go grab that guide. Huge shout out and thanks to you, Fabi, for jumping on to Thank the show so with fun. us and for sharing the opening up the treasure trove to us. I appreciate that. Of
1: course. Super excited to be here. Thank you so much to have me.
0: <laughs> See everyone on the next episode.